That's all that'll get you fired up to talk some Super Bowl. Then I don't know what will. Hello and welcome to our Super Bowl edition of the Sports Show. Thanks to Impact Media. Thanks to listeners like you guys that make this amazing each and every week. Come on, talk all sports. It's just so much fun, and and uh, we enjoy doing it for you. So we hope you enjoy it as well. Like I said, this is the sports show. I am Jeremy the Empath York, and I'm gonna kind of there, there's two way there's two terms that I like to use industry terms or maybe the terms I made up and I think they're industry terms. But for what's gonna happen in tonight's show, I'm either going to let's see what was the term. I'm going to kind of uh, sweep up, so to say, or uh, the, the term that I really like to use is I'm going to clear the deck so that we can talk. Majority of this is going to be about the Super Bowl because it's, well, biggest event of the year, and it's coming up this Sunday in Tampa Bay. 6.30 start, I'm pretty sure. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start, I'm going to talk some baseball. I'm going to talk some NFL stories, and then I'm going to talk Super Bowl. And I reached out to ten different people that have some sort of association with this show. I actually reached out to the 11th, but I did not hear back. Um, if, if I hear back from them before uh, we get to that part of it, then I will add it in. But... I reached out to 10 people, and I'm also going to do the same to answer the following questions about the Super Bowl. That is, which team do you think is going to win? Who will be the MVP? Why will that team win? Which team will kick the longest field goal? And lastly, how long is that field goal? Because we're going to need a tiebreaker. That way, I'm going to probably publish this list. I'm going to probably put it on Facebook or something like that where... Uh, we can kind of follow along and see who does the best. Um, there are some trends. There is uh, definitely a favorite among the people I spoke to. And I will tell you uh, who each person is and uh, their their affiliation to the show. Uh, because they, they really all are. And, and I just, this would have probably been a, a way better segment, way better thing had I not thought of it yesterday or two days ago. But it is what it is. First, I want to clear the deck. So, let's clear the deck. Let's talk some baseball. We'll talk some NFL. and Then we'll get into the Super Bowl. Let's start baseball. Uh, we heard the news just yesterday that longtime Boston Red Sox star Dustin Pedroia has uh, chosen to retire. And the reason he chose to retire is he recently had some work done to one of his knees and it ended up having to be, I believe, a partial replacement. And it makes it to where he can't run anymore. And if you can't run, can't play baseball, at least professionally. So uh, Dustin Pedroia is calling it a career. He was the face of the Red Sox for a a good chunk of, of their big run, uh, a handful of years ago, he was the face of MLB The Show in like '09. I think there was a joke about him hitting an inside fast, not being able to hit an inside fastball. 
but uh, he, you know, as, as somebody who is is a lifelong Yankees and Mets fan, uh, the Yankees are the part that will apply to this. Uh, he he was very much a a very more than solid player, and he was a thorn in the side of the Yankees every time he came to the plate. Uh, just all around great hitter. I believe he's second baseman, right? My producer's looking at. I think so. But Dustin Pedroia was was a, a really good player. Uh, we'll just settle that debate right off the bat. He's not a Hall of Famer. He was a really, really good player, though. Not, you know, you could be a good player and not be, you know, and not be a Hall of Famer. It's, it's, you know, not the be all end all. He's, he's gonna. There's a chance the Red Sox are gonna honor him. They should. But overall, Dustin Pedroia, good player. Thanks for entertaining us. Wish you the best in your future endeavors. I mean, the Red Sox may give him a job. He would have to be good at uh, He might could be a hitting instructor. I don't know with the knee and everything. Maybe he could, uh, I mean, he might be a coach or a front office guy or an ambassador or anything. But uh, Pedro calling it a career, you know, we salute you here on the show. The Mets who continue to try to beef up, and it looks like the Mets are trying to be something. Uh, it's amazing what happens when your owner has money and wants to make deals. The Mets have acquired right-handed pitcher Jordan Yamamoto from Miami for some... Um, Minor league or for minor league infielder Federico Polanco. I believe Polanco is is a, a pretty highly touted prospect. Uh, once again, Derek Jeter is is moving on from a player because he doesn't think they're doesn't the team is is uh, ready to move forward. Um, even though Miami competes every year, they're they're going to spoil some people's season over there. Uh, once again, the Mets get a uh, right-handed arm. Who knows how much you're going to need this year based off whether it's 162, 154. Baseball has not figured this out. They, they, Here we are two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting, and we don't know all the, all the parameters. Uh, you know, we talk about each and every week how uh, baseball just in general doesn't seem to like to, they like to be reactive and not proactive it's like uh, they like to wait till the wave hits the beach before they move out of the way or decide to do anything about it you see the wave coming get out of the way or grab a surfboard but uh good for the mets for going out there and making moves when they need to that's going to be a theme coming up and uh, speaking of the Players Association in baseball, they were they rejected a proposal that included uh, extended playoffs and universal DH that would be in the National League as well. Uh, this this is where it doesn't make sense to me. And uh, Townie over on A's, A's cast, shout out to him and Cody again. Uh, he brought this up, and, and and I'm totally right there with you, Townie. What does the Players Association have against this? Um, extended playoffs. Hey, there. that means there's more opportunities to play for a World Series. This means they're going to add a couple teams where maybe, you know, maybe we can see Mike Trout in the second round of the playoffs for once. Wouldn't that be something? Maybe we can see Nolan Arenado. We'll get to his, his new home in a minute. Uh Universal DH, well, now instead of appealing to, what, 15 teams, you can appeal to all 30 teams. Because now you're not, you know, for somebody who doesn't play the field that much, you know, somebody like a David Ortiz who barely played the field towards the end of his years, uh, Edgar Martinez, some of the better DHs in the world. It's, It's now once you stop playing 
in the in the field as much with only half the league needing a DH, that pretty much limits your opportunities. A lot of careers have been cut short because they there's just no spot for them, no matter how good a hitter they are. If they already have a pretty good DH, why get rid of the one you have for the one over there? I just, I, like I said, I totally agree with what he said, that it seems like the players would want these things. Extended playoffs. Hey, you get those playoff bonuses. You get those World Series bonuses. You get... There are more teams who get the opportunity to play for a World Series, potentially play for a World Series with the Universal DH, more opportunities, more roster spots. And guess what? DHs aren't paid the minimum. They're brought in as specialty players, which means they're making big chunks of money. For some reason, the Players Association didn't like it. I'm sure we'll hear more about it. What's going to eventually happen is between now and the end of the year, when the, when the deal expires, uh, this is the last year of the collective bargaining agreement. We're going to see the league and the Players Association sit down. Hopefully they hash it out. They might do it before the start of this year, which means they might be doing it right now. But I actually don't think they are. I don't think they're doing it right now. They're going to have to do this midseason sometime. Hopefully they can get it together because it would just, just uh, not be the greatest thing in the world if – we didn't have a season next year because they can't make up their mind. Now, I mentioned Nolan Arenado. He has a new home. He is now a St. Louis Cardinal. And this is another point brought up that I, that I have to that I have to second because it's the one I thought of. As soon as they said Nolan Arenado just got traded from the Rockies to the Cardinals for, I think, a couple prospects. And not even the top prospects. These are a little bit further down prospects in St. Louis system. And I said, didn't Arenado sign a big deal a couple years ago? Yeah, he did. He signed a six-year monster deal where the team actually stood next to him and said, yeah, we decided to lock up our franchise player. He's not going anywhere. This is the guy we're building around. And then hold that thought, because two years later, they were like, hey, see you later, bud. That's, That's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Because you didn't give up on him being one of the top stars in the league, because he is. He's not uh, a locker room nuisance. You know, he's not spreading things and, and, you know, you know, ruffling people up in the locker room. You guys one of the, like, the top five players in, in baseball. And if you don't think he's in top five, top ten for most. Still, doesn't matter if he's top 50. Good for the Cardinals because the Cardinals were a team that I, in that central, I just wasn't sure, wasn't sure what, who was going to kind of emerge down there. But, I mean, at at this point, they've got to be the favorite. Because, I mean, is Milwaukee going to put anything together? Probably not. Are the Cubs? No. Uh, Who else we got over there in the central? The Reds, no, they're not ready. Uh, it just, you know, that whole division was probably going to be right at 500 according to projections. I think the slight edge was to St. Louis by a game or so. Uh, well, they're probably going to be over 500 now. And win a pennant, you get to the playoffs. Get to the playoffs, all you have to do is win each series. doesn't matter if you're the best team, the worst team, or somewhere in between. Once you get to the dance, then you win it. And St. Louis just pretty much almost stamped their their spot to the playoffs. All they have to do is just kind of hang on, just kind of do their thing. But uh, good for Arenado. He he goes to a team that that seems to care and that's trying to win. And uh, here's a shot for him to play in some bigger games. Now. Let's talk about a couple NFL things. Now, obviously, the big story coming out of the weekend, This uh, we put something up on Facebook about it. It's about the time it happened. Uh, Matt Stafford has been traded to the Rams for a third-round pick this year, a first-round pick next year, and a first-round pick the year after. It's a pretty good deal. Oh, and Jared Goff. forgot about Jared Goff. Sorry. Sorry, Jared. 
Uh, let's see. Detroit is the one who, who is getting back all those picks. All right, Detroit realizes a couple things. For one, this deal doesn't happen unless Les Need and the new GM in Detroit are not buddies, which they are. But don't think the Detroit guy's just doing Les Need a, a, a solid for, for maybe helping him become a GM or something like that. No. What this is, What this is, is the Lions get two first-round picks coming up in the next couple years. They get the extra one. They get the third round this year. They get an established quarterback in golf. Golf is, is proven that he can play in the league. Is he a superstar? No. But Matt Stafford's not one either. He's, he's on the cusp. He's really, really, he's really good. We'll get into him in a minute, but basically Detroit can use golf for the next year or so as an option. And if he doesn't pan out, you got a couple picks, draft another one, draft a guy behind it. Where Sean McVay is getting Matt Stafford, who is uh, definitely probably a step above Jared Goff. He is 33 years old on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, so happy birthday, Matt Stafford. I think I'm one of the few people in the media, too, that calls him Matt and not Matthew. It's, it's Matt Stafford. And Matt, if you want to be called Matthew, have your people call my people. That's fine. But this goes to the Rams are not only trying to make the move to win now, which is something they've, they've never been afraid to pull the trigger on this move, on these kind of moves. Uh, the Indomitian Sioux deal, the what uh, Adams, um, pretty much the last. The fun thing, funny thing is, is the last time they had a first round pick was Jared Goff. And for people who are using the argument, well, they uh, they don't see the value in first round picks. Uh, they do because before Jared Goff, they. Got a guy by the name of Aaron Donald, who is the best defensive player in the history of the league outside of a guy named LT. But if you're Matt Stafford, you get a change of pace. You're going to a team that wants to win, already has a team. You're just fitting in as one of the last pieces. This should be good for everybody involved. Detroit gets a chance to start over. which They've kind of been starting over for a while. They get a, chance, they get a guy they can, they can kind of test drive. Sure, they're paying for it, but they can test drive. If they don't like it, they can move on. Stafford has a very team-friendly contract for the next two years. I don't think they're going to redo his deal. And he goes to a place that is going to accentuate his skills because the throws that golf couldn't make that McVay tried to get him to do, Matt Stafford can make. And it's not that golf is a bad quarterback. I say that again. It's not that he is a bad quarterback. It is the fact that he needed a change of pace. And so he's getting one. So this goes back to the debate, draft picks over established players. With draft picks, the income is low, but it's like a scratch-off lottery ticket. You're not quite sure until you kind of get in the middle of it. But, I mean, you can you can really luck out and have an exceptional player that you you got next to nothing invested in. Or it can be a bust. With established players, you already know what you're getting out of them. Sure, the injury risk is there, and they could be a bust when they get to you. That, that could be there, too. With established players, a lot, you know, teams like the Rams will happily give up a pick or, or four, give up picks in order to get the established player because they're ready to win now. Where when you're kind of building for the future, eh, you, you kind of stockpile those picks. So both teams, I think, did well in this. This I still stick by that. I'm not trying to play neutral on purpose. If, it, if one team got hosed, I would tell you that. I like both sides of this. I like both sides of this. Detroit has something, a foundation, a cornerstone potentially they could build on and some potential. they got to get the picks right, of course. And the Rams, 
pretty much just put Russell Wilson and the 49ers and Arizona on notice that um, we're still in this and, and we're uh, coming heavy. Uh, let's see. A lot of people keep saying Deshaun Watson and, and uh, these other quarterbacks, but uh, what about Kirk Cousins' future? I mean, if you're the Vikings, if you're the Vikings, you want to hang on to Kirk Cousins. For one, there's not a better option out there. Two, he knows your system. Three, you know what you get out of him. Uh, would would I potentially think of, of uh, bringing in a younger guy, whether through the draft or or otherwise? Yeah, I, I would consider that because, you know, kind of like Matt Ryan. It's not that Matt Ryan is bad or he's not deteriorating or anything like that, really. You know what you get out of him. But how many more years are you going to hang on to him without having anybody behind him? You kind of need somebody to do something to, you know, earn the off chance to get hurt. At some point, you know you're going to have to move on from him. You need something behind them so that you don't skip a beat. You just keep moving. And so, like I said, uh, could other teams make a move for Kirk Cousins? Sure. Sure. I don't think they will. His contract's uh, a little crazy, but then again, so is Jared Goffs, and he just got traded. Um, there are teams that could, and we could play fantasy land about who could do it here or there. But what I think will happen... We'll see Kirk Cousins in the uh, in the purple next year. Uh, let's see what else. Lastly, last thing I got for the NFL. This just popped up. Not uh, just on my way to the studio. Could John Gruden dump Derek Carr for Deshaun Watson? He could. It would be interesting. Um, I don't know if Deshaun, Deshaun seemed like he had it picked out that he was going to be a Jet. Seemed like a Jet or Miami. I didn't see the Raiders on his list. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe he didn't know they were an option. But i tell you this right now. I don't think the Raiders' offense is going to be that much difference in swapping out Derek Carr for Deshaun Watson. For sure, when you go talent-wise, Deshaun Watson is probably an A, A-minus somewhere in there. I, I would say he's, he's – but Derek Carr is a B-plus, A-minus himself. He's not quite as mobile, but Derek Carr is, is, is a leader of men. I think Deshaun Watson is, but I can prove Derek Carr is. People rally around him. People love that guy. If John Gruden thinks he can do better, then wherever Derek Carr goes, he's going to be an exceptional leader of that team. So until we know more, I I just got to stick with it that way. Until we know more, uh, could Gruden dump Carr for Deshaun? Sure. Will he? I don't think so. I think he's going to stick with Derek Carr. He might leave Mariota as the backup. Mariota might get signed to one of these places in the offseason. But if he does that, Gruden's going to bring in somebody younger behind Carr. But he's not going to swap him out this year. It'll be next year or beyond. Now, lastly. It's time to talk about Super Bowl. And the way, for people that are new to the show, this is how I like to do uh, my, my Super Bowl uh, talk about it a little bit. I'm not going to go in, in giant paragraphs and 30-minute segments here or there. No. I break it down in four ways by the team. I talk about the offense, the defense, the special teams, and then what I think is the X factor of this game. And I'm going to do that with these teams. And then I'm going to go through those 10 picks that I told you about earlier and who each of them are. I'm going to give my pick at the very end. We'll see what happens. Now, normally I like to wait that long because I haven't decided, but I've I've pretty much decided. 
Now, let's talk about Kansas City. The offense. Of course, Patrick Mahomes. Arguably the next great quarterback. It's it's kind of hard to argue. He already has a Super Bowl. He is one of the faces of the league. Super nice guy. He makes throws that uh, make Brett Favre blush. And he's just all around good guy and great athlete. And everything starts with him on this offense. His number one, his number one targets, plural. You got Travis Kelsey. How do you possibly guard Travis Kelsey? Well, you could double team him. You keep somebody over him, but I don't know who you would put on him because it, I mean, it's like this. He's going to be faster than the linebacker who can be physical with him. And he's going to be bigger and more physical than the defensive back you put on him. So you kind of have to do a little bit of both. You had to double him one way or the other, pretty much. Or you can cause him to play out of position. And that's something I'm going to talk about in a minute. But Travis Kelsey is the absolute best tight end in the game right now. He might be the best ever. He's right there with with uh, Tony Gonzalez. He's right there with uh, just just some of the great, some of the greats for sure. And let's say you figure out a way to contain Kelsey. All right, how in the world do you stop Tyreek Hill? I I don't think there's an answer. You could double him as well, and you can double both of them. But it's going to leave somebody exposed. It's going to leave somebody in a weird one-on-one matchup because they have more than that as far as weapons. I mean, you have a solid offensive line. You have Edwards Alaire. You have Le'Veon Bell in the backfield. This offense is one of the best in the league. In fact, these two offenses are probably one-two in the league, in my opinion. The things they can do are things you normally have to use your Madden coins on to do on a video game. It is just insane. This Kansas City offense can probably score 25 or 30 points every game, no matter what. No matter, they could, they could, uh, you could actually go on Madden, put this offense against, I don't know, the 85 Bears, and they're probably putting 30 points on them. You could put them against some of those Miami teams, like the one that went undefeated and won the Super Bowl. And they're probably giving up. They're probably definitely going to give up 30 points. Let's talk about the defense. Once again, you could name 11 people on offense. You could name 11 on defense. This defense, to me, centers around their pass rush and centers around the honey badger, Tyron Matthew. Why in the world people have let him slip through their fingers? I don't know. But the fact that Andy Reid found him, that's why he stayed where he's at. But to me, he is the heart and soul He is the one that a lot of them rally around, and he is the leader that everybody accused him of not being at his first stop in, what, Arizona, and his stop before that at LSU. But then you get Chris Jones, you get Frank Clark, you get Brashad Breeland. It sounds like I'm naming the Pro Bowl team. Well, I could be. Oh, these guys could easily make it. Frank Clark had to find a new home. Guess what? Andy Reid takes on that reclamation project, too. I would say for every three players that Jerry Jones tries to rescue, Andy Reid takes that one guy and and gets the full potential out of him. Special teams. You got Butker. We saw him kick just right down the road from here at Georgia Tech for all those years. One of the best in the league. Can easily hit hit from 50 like it's nothing. 
You got Nicole Hardman, the return specialist. Here's another guy. If Tyreek Hill is a, a 99 speed rating on a, on a, on a video game, then Nicole Hardman's got to be a, a 96. He's, he's a, a, just a fraction of a, a second behind him. And they're on the same team. Uh, you get the punter, Townsend. He's known for pinning everybody deep. You get James Winchester, who also does returns. Or is he the, he might be the long snap. No, I think he is. But either way, they're special teams. They're known for big returns, and they're known for stopping yours. The X factor for this team for the Super Bowl game on Sunday is the fact that Eric Fisher, starting left tackle and the starting right tackle as well, will not be playing in this game. They'll be missing both starting offensive tackles. And I'll explain why that's big here in a minute. Because they got Rankin. They got some other guys. Uh, I think a guard as well. They got a couple guys on the COVID list. It's going to be interesting to see who they move around, who they shuffle around, and uh, who they they uh, bring to the battlefield on Sunday. Let's go to Tampa Bay. As much as Mahomes is the starting and kicking off point of the offense in Kansas City, it's about a man named Brady. Brady is the catalyst that has unlocked a lot of the potential of this team. Not a lot of this potential. Almost every bit of it. This is the stat that just staggers me. Um, There's been 55 Super Bowls. As of Sunday. And Tom Brady will have played in 10 of them. 10 out of 55. That is almost 20%. That's like 18%. That is ridiculous. I don't think anybody else has played that many. But he's the kicking off point. He's been doing it for all these years. He just said he's 43 right now. He said he could see himself playing past 45. If he's playing at this level, I would let him keep doing it. The man named Brady is going to be in his 10th. Super Bowl, looking for win number seven. If he does that, I think both those records are never going to... It's going to be a long time before somebody beats those. And I say that knowing that Mahomes has, is going to back-to-back, including winning last year. Might win this year. You got Leonard Fournette. You got Evans. You got the next Welker, Amandola, Edelman, and Scotty Miller. Dude plays the slot, and just, if you take your eye off of him, he's behind you. You got Kronk. You got Cameron Brait. You got Chris Godwin. You got Ronald Jones. Once again, this is like uh, you take you take the restrictions off of Madden, and you load your team up. And that they're, they're as loaded as, as Kansas City is. Like I said, these are two of the biggest, baddest offenses. They both have extremely good offensive lines. It's going to be a score fest. I very much think it is going to be a score fest on Sunday. Let's talk about the defense. Well, in doing that, you've got to talk about that front four. With the likes of Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett, Dominican Sue. Then you get into uh, Vita Vea. You get into... Uh, Golston, you get into Devin White, Levante David, you get Winfield. This is, once again, this is this is an all-Madden team. This is insane. The talent that are on both these rosters. These are like, of a 53-man roster, probably about 45 of them dressed, I believe is how it works. So these are 90 of the biggest, baddest, toughest, best, most talented people in the league. And this front four could come at you. A lot of people would say the secondary may be their weakest point. But that front seven they're going to run at you are so good that those defensive backs only have to worry about covering a receiver for about three, three and a half seconds. Because by then, Jason Pierre-Paul is on top of your quarterback. And Dominican Sue has slammed you to the ground. By then, And we already know Mahomes has a, a dinged up foot. I'm sure it will be better by the time that we get to the game. But if I had a bad foot, 
I don't want any of these guys chasing after me. I got two good feet right now, and I don't want them chasing after me. You go to the special teams. You get the long snapper, uh, Triner, one of the best in the league. You get Ryan Suckup. They finally find a field goal kicker they can trust in Tampa, and it's Ryan Suckup. And the guy is just incredible. Sorry, I'm changing one of my picks for later. Just thought about something. Um, not my It was one of the factors, not the team. You get Pinion, the punter, who will pin you deep. You get the returner, Jaden Mickens. You don't know who Jaden Mickens is? That's okay. He'll have a giant return, and you'll know who he is. He's uh, he's right there with Hardman that you you got to keep your eye on him or he'll be behind you. The X factor for Tampa Bay. It's easy. It's the front four. It's the front four. I mentioned them earlier. Sue, Barrett, JPP, uh, Vita Vea, whoever. I mean, even the front three, if they just run those three at you. That's one of the scariest front lines in the game. There's only a couple other teams that I would put anywhere close. So, Let's now go to the guest picks and who everybody is. I just want to explain that. Like I said, I'll, I'll put this up on Facebook or something like that. Uh, it'll be a good thing. We will uh, get into that. Now, here we go. Let's start. I want to start with the most prestigious of all the guest picks. Maybe I'm a little biased, but hey, it's my show. By far our favorite here at the studio uh, is uh, Rosemary, who is my illustrious better half, my wife. And uh, I tell people, she has her own opinions. She follows sports. She don't follow like I do, but she follows sports. And when I ask her, I said, hey, pick a team. Tell me your MVP. Tell me why that team's going to win. Uh, who's going to kick the longest field goal and how far. Her analysis sounded like something she had just stepped off the set of, of First Take or Sports Center or, you know, name your favorite, uh, Get Up, you know. Here's what she said. She said, it's going to be Tampa Bay. It's going to be the Buccaneers. And I said, okay. Is this going to be Tom Brady? All right. She says it's because they're going to be playing in their home stadium which is a familiarity thing, and that they want it more. Kansas City won last year. I'm not saying they don't want it. She's saying Tampa Bay knows they need it. They got to have it. And it's true. Based off a couple other factors, there's a chance, you know, it could be a one and done. There's just, it's so hard to repeat because Kansas City is trying to be the first back-to-back Super Bowl champions since, I said this last week, Tom Brady and the Patriots back in, what, 09 or something like that. So in order to go back-to-back, they have to go through the last guy to go back-to-back. How crazy is that? But she said, uh, because they want it more and all that, and then she said Kansas City, that would be Bucker, is going to kick the, or not necessarily, that could be anybody, but said, Kansas City is going to kick the longest field goal. It's going to be 43 yards. I agree. I think it's going to be in the 40s. Next up, back when I started all this media stuff years and years ago, my first co-host, the guy I talked about doing this with, start with, he now works for Gratic Sports out in Carrollton, Georgia. He is uh, Billy. Uh, I talked to him earlier today, actually. I had some pretty good conversation. Uh, he also took Tampa Bay. You can see a theme. He said Brady, MVP. He said Tampa Bay is going to win because the offense is just just grooving right now. They're just moving and having all the parts working at the right time. And that if anybody's going to stop Kansas City or at least contain them, 
it's the Tampa Bay defense. Oddly enough, he also said Kansas City is going to kick the longest field goal, and he also said that it is going to be that it is going to be uh, forty-three yards. So we'll see what happens to that. Up next, just to balance it out, was. Uh, uh, two of my favorite people in the absolute world. When I tell you who they are, it, it will totally make sense. But uh, I'm going to start with uh, Denise. Who is Denise? Well, Denise is my mom. She's actually been on the show a couple times, I think. If she hadn't, I need to get her on sometime. But, I reached out to them and I say, Mom and Dad, if you will, um, if you will, or if you can, answer these questions. And they did. Uh, my mom said that she thinks Kansas City is going to win this game. She thinks it is going to be a real close game. And the, uh, the reason why Kansas City is going to win it's going to be a uh, go-ahead field goal late in the ball game. I agree with that. It, I, mean, I mean, I don't necessarily, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I agree that it, it could be really close. And even if I don't agree, it's it's fine. Plus, my mom, she says my home's going to be the MVP. Okay. And then she says that Kansas City is going to kick the longest field goal and it's going to be forty-five yards. Well, within the bucket range. I like it. Up next, Carrie. Who is Carrie? That's my dad. Hey, Dad, he just had a birthday yesterday. I believe he's actually in town. But uh, he also says Kansas City. He also says Mahomes is the MVP. And he says that the reason why Kansas City is going to win, well, it's Mahomes and Kelsey. Because he agrees. What do you do with Travis Kelsey? I'm going to explain what you can do here in a minute. I kind of hinted at it earlier, but he says Mahomes and Kelsey is the reason why Kansas City is going to win. I don't know why not. Pretty much why they won last year. He says Tampa Bay is going to kick the longest field goal and that it is going to be 53 yards. Ryan Suckup better start eating his Wheaties today. He can hit that. I'm not saying he can't. Ryan Suckup can, can very much hit a 53-yarder, but pretty cool. We got uh, two and two so far. Trust me, it is going to go the other direction quickly. Up next was Cody. Who was Cody? Well, Cody used to be one of the co-hosts here on the show. He, I mentioned him earlier. He is the producer slash co-host of A's Cast, the Oakland Athletics podcast with, uh, with Townie over there. Uh, he's also done a lot of stuff in the Bay Area. That's where you guys may or may not know him. But I asked Cody. He says Tampa Bay is going to win. Brady for the MVP. He says the reason why they are going to win is because uh, the offense is just too good and there are just too many weapons for Kansas City to try to keep up with. He says Kansas City is going to kick the longest field goal and it will be a 55-yarder. I, once again, of every pick here, I... I could easily see any of this happening. Coach Hill. Coach Hill. You guys remember Coach Hill. He was also a co-host on here for a, for a good long time. At some point, these guys may be back on here. I don't know. We'll see how things go. But Coach Hill, who has done some scouting in the league, has done some coaching in the league, uh, really one of the people I, 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 I'd love to just chat about the game with. Uh, but he came back when I asked him the question. He said, Tampa Bay is going to win the game. He said, Antonio Brown is going to be the MVP because nobody sees him on the radar. You know what? I didn't even mention him a while ago. If he plays in this game, he could be. How crazy would it be to see Antonio Brown in a Buccaneers uniform in the Super Bowl versus Le'Veon Bell in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform? Steeler fans would lose their minds. But he says Antonio Brown, and he says the reason why Tampa Bay is going to win is because the long, it's his word, long experience at quarterback and the depth 
that Tampa Bay has. They have way better depth than Kansas City. I, that's another great point. Uh, what else did he say? He also said Tampa Bay will kick the longest field goal. And uh, he was kind of hinting around maybe around 50 yards. I think that's very possible. Up next, we've had this guy's guest picks on the show before. His name is Corey. He's a big Miami fan. Uh, he chose Tampa Bay to win the game. They're pretty popular. He said Brady's going to be the MVP, and why is Tampa Bay going to win? Well, linebacker Devin White. It's not the last time you're going to hear his name either on this show. He says Devin White. He's uh, he's he's basically the one who took over as the tackle monster in the the brain of this defense. He uh, what Levante David used to do, he he took it to a whole new level. Corey also said Kansas City is going to kick a 52 yarder, and that is going to be the longest field goal of the game. Devin White, man, you know you thought Antonio Brown was off the off the page, Devin White. Don't worry. There's another one coming. Uh, up next, Eugene. Eugene, we've used his guest picks on the show as well, I think, earlier in the year. Uh, Eugene is a diehard Falcons fan. I love chatting up about the Falcons and, and things in the league because uh, he's not clouded by being a super fan. He, he very much will tell you when it's real. Although I can't talk him out of a Matt Ryan trade, or I can't talk him into a Matt Ryan trade just to mess with him. Uh, but uh, that's why we like you, Eugene. Eugene says that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win this game. He says they're going to win by 10. I'm going to hold him to that. Uh, Mahomes is going to be your MVP. I think if Kansas City wins, it would be hard for him not to. They're not going to give it to Bucker. Um, and he says that the reason behind it, the reason they're going to win, is uh, there's going to be a go-ahead field goal late in the game by Bucker, and that is going to that is going to cement the whole thing. So he thinks they're going to be humming enough to, to go ahead and keep that 10-point lead. Could happen. You know, my mom had a similar thought. He says Kansas City is going to kick a 56-yard field goal. I can't. I can't lie. I don't care if Kansas City ends up winning the game because of it or not. If Kansas, if if anybody kicks a fifty-six yard field goal in the Super Bowl, hats off to you, sir. And I'm not saying it's out of reach. No, these guys can do that. I'd love to see it. But uh, that was Eugene's picks. Up next, from right here at Impact Media, Jake. He's currently at uh, State Farm. He's wearing his khakis, of course. Uh, but he says Tampa Bay. Going to win. He says Devin White is going to be the MVP. That would be incredible. He says the reason why Tampa Bay is going to win is their offense is heating up at the right time, and the defense is is the one that can slow down Kansas City. Well, we've heard a similar thought earlier. He says Kansas City is going to kick a 53-yard field goal, and that is going to be the longest one. Okay. Uh, the last person I asked was uh, also here from Impact Media. That's John. John took Tampa Bay. He took uh, one of his favorite players of all time, Tom Brady. And he said the same thing. The offense is heating up, and the defense is good enough to maybe slow down uh, Kansas City a little bit. He says Kansas City is going to kick a 47-yard field goal. All right. So we've got three people for Kansas City. We've got seven people for Tampa Bay. And now, hopefully what you've all been waiting for, my Super Bowl pick for this year. Give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game. And I'm I'm going way off the radar um, I was going to say Jason Pierre-Paul as a redemption story for all the craziness that's happened with him in recent years. 
but I'm going to see your JPP and I'm going to I'm going to one up you. I'm going to I'm going to raise you. Your MVP for the Super Bowl is going to be Indomitian Sue. Yep, Indomitian Sue. Because he's the one who rushes up the middle. And while everybody is worried about the offensive tackles, which here is my reasoning is why Tampa Bay is going to win. Because this is going to be a score fest. It's going to come down to who can slow down or stop or contain the other offense. And I believe that front four for Tampa Bay is going to do that. They're going to put – because everybody thinks they're going to you know, try to rush around the edges for the tackles. And they will because if that's there, they'll take it. But that's going to leave Indomitian Sue one-on-one to go straight at your center, straight at a backup guard, straight at your starting guard. Doesn't matter. He's going to come. He's going to come straight up the middle, barreling up there like the bull he is. Indomitian Sue, look for. It. He's going to have three or four sacks. He's going to have a forced fumble or fumble recovery. Heck, he might even have an interception. But he is going to be a huge part why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win this game. I'm going to Indomitian Sue as my MVP. And just for giggles, in case we need it, I'm going that Ryan Suckup, Tampa Bay, is going to kick a 49-yard field goal. So, of the 11 of us involved in this, we've got three for Kansas City. We've got eight for Tampa Bay. But once again, I got no dog in the fight. I'm going to be an uh, anxious spectator just like the rest of you guys. And any result is a great result for football. It's a great result as a football fan. I hope you guys enjoyed this show. I hope you guys enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Like I said, it's going to be it's going to be Sunday, six thirty. I'm sure by the time they kick off, it'll be about six forty three, six forty five, somewhere in there like that. Uh, myself, Jake, and John, all of us, uh, the main people here at Impact Media, are going to be hanging out watching it. Maybe we'll do some videos. Maybe we'll do some uh, some things here or there. Who knows? But. For producer Sassy, for producer Sunshine, for Jake John, for my illustrious wife Rosemary, and for everybody who made guest picks, and maybe all you guys who think we're crazy, this has been another great edition of the Sports Show. Here's all, there. Watch the Super Bowl. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.